Hi guys, I'm Paul Wilson. I'm Nick Pregnant. And you're listening or watching Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Nick, back in a ride along again, man. I love these new Denali's. <laughs> so nice. So nice. Uh, Nick and I, we've done this before for the F-150 and for the 2.8 liter. We're actually out driving the truck today. We had to make a run from our shop uh, here in Northern Illinois to Worley Custom yeah. Fab. Uh, big sponsor of the show, thank you, Jason. Uh, kind of working on some new projects here. So we got a Roxor intercooler and turbo kit and whole kind of parts package coming out really soon. So we're excited to bring you guys some more details about that in future episodes. Uh, but today, I got a chance to finally ride in this thing. I think this is my first time in it. How's that heated seat treating you? It is warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me a rundown, Nick. What are we driving? 2020 Denali. Uh, this is a three-quarter ton model. Four-door, all the goodies. Uh, I got the trailer behind us. We are cruising at maybe 32 degrees. Snow is falling. The roads are wet. I'm in four-wheel auto. Which is nice for 2020. <laughs> We actually, we put this trip off for like the last three days in a row, and then we finally picked the one day that there's the first snowstorm of the we year. We wanted to wait till the worst day of the year. <laughs> now, you got a chance to drive this thing with the trailer down there. It wasn't a real heavy load, aluminum trailer and a rocks were on it, yeah. uh, but how'd it feel? Yeah, maybe 5,000 pounds on the trailer. No, I didn't even put it in tow haul mode. The 10 speed handles this thing so nice. I mean, look, I've been driving the 10 speed now for 3,000 miles, so not a whole lot of time on it where it really shines with a trailer behind it. The six-speed is, well, especially to the six-speed is a crisper shifting trans. It locks up harder. It, it lets you feel the torque curve of the engine because you're running through a, a wider RPM window. But the 10-speed is always in the right gear. It's it's exceptionally smooth. It's plush. I mean, for all the, for all the reasons you love a truck, you're gonna like the 10-speed. Well, I wanna drill into that, the, the right gear. Um, when I think of a diesel, I think of a wide torque curve that, that I'm gonna have power across a really big RPM range. So with a 10 speed, do I not get up to three grand as often? Like, does no. it even pull up to three grand before you're, it shifts? You're shifting sooner than that. If you see three grand, it's just as the truck shifts. I mean, normally a Duramax shifts at 31, 3200 RPM, depending on what year you're running. But this truck's gonna shift a little sooner than that, 2850, um, and maybe complete the shift by 3000 RPM. Okay. It's not that the torque curve isn't wide, it's just there is a there is a best part of the torque curve, and as you continue to add power to the platform and, and use up that overhead that's left in the Duramax, you know, as the years continue to count, we continue to make see higher horsepower, you know, 400, 440, whatever the next one is, right? Yeah. You're going to continue to see the RPM window narrow, and that's because the engine operates best in, in a nice narrow RPM window, you know, right in that 2,000 to 2,400 RPM range, maybe 1,800 to 2,400 RPM. This thing's really happy in the trans is just always trying to keep it there especially when it's loaded. I like that. Um, how did it respond to to the extra power because on this we threw what 100 140 horsepower at it? Yeah I have our sport tune <coughs> excuse me our sport tune in it right now so it's about 100 extra horsepower. Um, you know normally with the trans tuning I like to force the trans to lock up under heavy load and I like to crispen up the shifts a little bit. I don't have control of this transmission yet so I can't do that. So where you really see the truck uh, kind of fall apart is on the shift and fall apart is a really strong way of putting that. It's just, it's not perfect, okay? And if I was able to tune the trans, that's the first area that I would get is I would get the truck locked up under really high load and I would get the shift a little crisper. Sure. With that said, it's still got gnarly torque. I mean, it, it pulls really hard. It's got almost 1,200 foot-pounds with the tune on it. So, you're always in the right gear. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, that was one of the other things that I wanted to kind of dive into here is on the L5P in general, we saw major improvements over the LML. Yeah. Um, we're, we're seeing some reliability questions, I think, on the very first year model, so the 17s. I'm hearing about guys with like little leaks and, and little kind of ancillary problems around the build. Not really the power platform, though. Sure. And we know this, this truck's capable of, of wild racing application. Seen over a thousand horsepower on the dyno with some with some race trucks. I mean, that's <laughs> with, 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 on a stock with, long block. I yeah, say, yeah. Right? I was gonna say like not the huge build list we're used to to see a thousand horsepower. Very much overbuilt platform. I mean, maybe overbuilt's not the word for it, but this thing's designed to work hard and work for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are some of the other changes that we saw come out? Maybe not necessarily just about power, but what are some of the other features they included in this 2020 model? The, oh, so new for 2020, and this is all over the internet, but new for 2020 is the upgraded oil cooling system. So you get double the capacity in the oil cooler, uh, which, you know, we, we talk about on why is my truck overheating or why, why is my truck getting hot? You know, that oil cooling is a big deal. And those piston squirters are, are spraying oil at the bottom of the pistons and they are first line of defense for keeping that thing cool and transferring that heat into the cooling system. So to have good oil cooling, especially under high load for a long time is really important. I'm sorry, my heat seat's getting a little bit too hot. <laughs> um, the other big thing that I, and this is new for the L5P, but I, it's worth mentioning on the 2020 is the, the turbocharger design, specifically on the turbine side. Very tight on the turbine. Sure, a newer design is a Borg Warner design. The, the nozzle ring is smaller, it's tighter, it's more precise. Uh, they have sharper control over it. The, the turbocharger on this truck is wherever you want it to be. It's always there. There's no RPM where you can roll in it and not feel a turbocharger come on. Come on. See, and, and that's kind of impressive to me because as we tore that first L5P turbo apart, I looked at it externally and said, that's not a very impressive turbo. <laughs> just just to go from the Garrett's that, that are this, you know, large compressor cover up front, they just, they look more massive, they look more beefy, and then you look at the L5P turbo, it looks physically smaller, and as you open it up in the cage, I really started to question, yeah, like, the cage, the cage was the first clue that I was like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to be able to make power on this thing, but the cage does what the, what the engineers want, and that is to, to, to narrow the rev range where it performs really well they have awesome low end response so that low end response is going to give you good mileage this thing has 342 gears and 10 speeds right so if you can give it up in that higher gear and lug along at 11 or 1200 rpm that's a real asset to the driver absolutely um what, what's a ballpark have you been tracking mileage and all on it i know this thing's still pretty new 16 17 mixed i mean i'm going from fall to winter now so it's really like all the worst case the worst scenario because you're short trip it too. It's yeah. not like you're on the highway to get to work. I, I was the best mileage the truck has seen is 23 miles per gallon over a 50 mile run. That's just highway miles. You know, it's the same uh, as the LML. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's a little better than the LML. I think the 342 gear is gonna is gonna really shine for those guys who are concerned about mileage. So if you're running two lane and you're trying to keep the truck, you know, in a good mileage band and keeping your speed under control, the 342 gear and the 10 speed is gonna give you a nice cruising speed and it's gonna keep you happy in the wallet. Um, how about emission systems? Are, were there any changes like the amount of DEF or DEF spray, DEF usage, any changes to the emissions equipment throughout this, uh, this model year or through this RPO? Uh, it looks like they moved the DEF control to a different module, so it's no longer in the ECM. But as far as physical construction and operation of, I don't see any difference in the emission system on this model. I could be wrong, I'm not an expert, I haven't torn apart every piece of it now. But 
EGR placement changed and EGR kind of setup changed a little bit on it. Um, but yeah, I didn't see any functionality difference. You know, they're all still going to be all the same pieces, uh, maybe just look a little different or a little bit different in places on these. Um, cool, man. Well, what, what's the plan for this truck? Where do we go from here? We're going to continue to run it with a tune on it, track regen frequency, uh, track uh, mixture control, so we want to be sure that our tunes are running within the right lambda limits, so within the right particulate output, so that we're not excessively polluting the DPF, especially under high horsepower. So, you know, the same things that we did with the with the 17th truck, you know, continue to run it, continue to run it hard, and make sure it performs. Now, because the system is very much similar to the 17th, my, ex my expectation is the truck's gonna be reliable and, and we're not gonna have very many issues there. The, the one thing that I am excited about, though, is if we can get 10-speed support. I think that'll be a really nice thing for the marketplace. I think the guys with these trucks will really appreciate that. As, as nice as this trans is, for the performance enthusiast, it can really benefit from a little firmer feel and a little more aggressive lockup, in my opinion. And we'll see how well the trans survives long term. It is a monster. Yeah. I, it does not look, the torque converter looks big, everything looks big on this thing. I, I think it's going to be, you know, the most desirable trans out there uh, at some point in the near future. Yeah, I th definitely think for the guys that are using the truck every day, where it's not like a dedicated race vehicle or something crazy, yeah, I, I think it just makes sense. You, you know, there's a lot of benefits to these 10 speeds. We saw it in the exactly. F-150 that's got a, a higher number of gears in it as well. Exactly. And it shifted great. I was impressed. It's one of the few 10 speeds I've driven that I was like, oh, I don't mind that they put more gears in it. Well, a lot of times on a gas vehicle, you notice a lot of shift busyness when you get that many gears. With this truck, I don't notice a lot of shift busyness. It's very smooth, but the gear transitions are smooth. The one thing that's interesting about this truck compared to the F-150 is the F-150 skip shifts a lot. So it'll go one, three, three, five, and, and move around. You know, you might get uh, intermediate shifts uh, depending on what your throttle position and speed are. But on this 10-speed Allison, you don't get any any uh, skip shifts. It's all really? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and back down. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say all the way back down. I think it skip shifts all the way back down. What I have noticed is occasionally the trans starts in second gear when I'm not loaded or when I'm, yeah. so. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, definitely some, some different controls on it. I like yeah. that. Um, I, th I think just in general, you know, vehicles are getting smarter. Uh, and that's going to push our industry of diesel performance to having to get smarter too. Uh, which is why I want to talk to you a little bit more about emissions equipped tuning. Uh, this is something, obviously, we've talked about it on the show. We've talked about it, I think, everywhere we can. Um, it, it, it is the future. I yeah. think now more and more people are agreeing that emissions equipped tuning is the future. Uh, well, there's, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's pressure from regulators for emissions equipped tuning, and that pressure has always been there. I mean, we got into emissions equipped tuning in 2012, and we, the reason I got into it is because I like driving clean trucks. I like quiet trucks. I like smokeless trucks. It's a challenge. But in the end, it's my, it's my opinion that it's a nicer truck to drive. I don't drive any deleted trucks. I don't you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, I like clean, quiet power. It's, yeah. It's just, it's who I am. So that's, that's my drive in this business, right? <laughs> well, I think that shows because we were just talking a little bit here before the show about what does it take to build an emissions equipped calibration compared to, like, the old delete tunes or tuning an LB7, for example. It's a lot harder, Paul. <laughs> yeah. It's work, man. Well, like you're making power, sure, right? I mean, they're all making power, but yeah, it it is it is kind of crazy to me that I've seen some of the R and D behind the scenes of the things that we have to look into. And I think you briefly mentioned watching Lambda control or soot output. 
that's just a table you adjust, right? Like just back the soot down? Sure, just back it down, yeah. <laughs> Never mind throttle response or power output or you know any of those other little things. It, it's a constant balance. Um, you know, that lambda control determines how much fuel you're allowed to have without having air in the system. Now that extra fuel is, is going to make the truck feel more responsive in most cases. Customers like responsive trucks, right? Yeah. But the factory's not, not immune to that. They know that. I mean, everybody knows that. So the, the trick is get the right size turbocharger on the truck, again, with the tighter exhaust housing on this truck and the, you know, the snappier turbo. The snappier that turbo, the less you need to dance that line between lambda control and throttle response. I see, I see. So, so it actually, I guess that starts to make a lot of sense of why this is a good platform for emissions equipped tuning. Because we do have probably the quickest lighting turbo we've seen from the factory, Absolutely. Max, I'd say, or a Cummins. I really don't know the history of Ford that well besides to make fun of it. Um, well, interesting thing about Ford for 2020, they're using the same exhaust housing. Really? Really? Because I, I know on the Fords in 17, on uh, the Power Strokes, they went back to something, they went back to a different turbo style. Yeah. And then on the 1819, they flipped it again. No, seven, so 17, 18, 19 is the same on the Ford. It's the, it's the 15, 16, it was a little bit different, but there we go. the large part, 15 through 19 is the same on the Ford. And the 20 though is going to have this same Ford Warner style exhaust housing. Really? Yep. Okay, well that's gonna make it really interesting because I know I, right now the, the big three, the OEMs, they're going after towing capacity, right? Who can tow 40, 50, 100 pounds more than the guy next to <laughs> Um Which is literally the hairs they're splitting at this point. I, I, you know, one guy comes out at, at 30,000 payload or 30, I'm sorry, 30,000 tow capacity. The next guys are bragging that they're number one at 30,400. Yeah, um, pretty soon you're gonna need a CDL to drive the thing. Well, if you don't already. <laughs> I think in some states that, that getting really close there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting to see like what's gonna be the difference on the performance side as well, because what trans is in the, how many speeds are in the, the Fords? The new Fords got the 10 speed. Dodge is the only one left with the six speed, well two six speeds now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna see, everybody's going after the same thing, right? It's a race to the same, to the same finish line. And that finish line is awesome performance, towing and smoothness, and reliability while, make, while, while meeting emission standards. So the narrow, narrower window you can operate the engine in, i.e. the more transmission gears you have, that's an advantage, right? Sure. The quicker responding turbo. Again, that's what customers want. They want that transient response. They want to hit the throttle and know the thing's going to go. So, you know, it's no surprise they're using the same parts suppliers. I mean, why not, right? Sure. When somebody's figured it out, you know, I mean, that is the thing. Is I think we used to see this huge division where nobody would nobody would share suppliers. Like, a lot of, like, in-house builds or exclusive builds. Yeah. And they're starting to really get away from that where it's, it's just the technology, like you said, that's going to get them to the goal they want at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, the technology is so strong. It's advancing at such a pace. I mean, every three years, there's major improvements on on these things. And if you just think about the amount of innovation and then time and validation and, and calibration and whatever other Asians are out there, right? I mean, to get something that's this smooth and this reliable and this clean, and, and there's a lot of, you gotta give the engineers a lot of big, big pat on the back, you know, to all three. Yeah. Um, and again, the part suppliers that, that are behind them, you know, it's a huge supply chain that's, that's cranking out this level of consistency at this power level. Well, I think that's, that's a really good thing to point out because when these guys are putting it together, while the engine, the team who's engineering the engines 
uh, is different than the team who's engineering the bodies, they still have to work together. And that's something we learned when we talked to Rod Romain from Cummins um, about redesigning the grill. Like they, yeah. they, airflow matters. It matters not just to the turbo and the intake, but the actual grill to allow air to come in or the L5P with the hood scoop. Yeah, it's not just style, you know what I mean? It's, it's about performance. You're seeing that in the aesthetics of all the trucks. They all have huge, huge hoods. Uh, you know, cold air intakes are the norm. They right? work now. You, you need to get rid of that heat <laughs> at high power. Those 440 horsepower sustained, like that's a lot of heat. You got to get rid of that, and that's that's what you're seeing with all the big three. Absolutely. Um, overall, driving this thing, we are in. I, I would say uh, the first Illinois Blizzard, uh, which is a light, good light dusting. Yeah, mild white knuckle. Um, so yeah, so we probably, I'm gonna flip the camera around a little bit, guys, but we probably got, I don't know, half a mile of visibility. Uh, the roads are about covered. We're in between two cornfields, so it's, it's shit. Yeah, uh, I it's really the lack of eye contact with the camera, <laughs> no. but man, if you want my eyes on the road, trust me. Please, please, please get me home. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this truck's a lot of fun. Uh, we know that the emissions equipped platform is something that's been really strong across the board because we've worked with the Cummins stuff, we've worked with the Power Strokes, how we were even working with tractors and HD trucks, you know, with emissions on. So these guys are 12 years into emissions controls with the DPF. I mean, it's it's working, it's working. right? Uh, Joe Hager's truck, your old L5P, uh, 40, 50,000 miles on it, 50, 60,000 miles. I think he's up to. Never had a problem with the emissions equipment. Still on it. Still beating the living piss out of it. Tell the nice people how he uses it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dirt drag race. What ten sled pulls this year? Yep. Drag race in a bunch. It goes mid thirteens at almost hundred miles an hour. And he drives it like that every single day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He puts a lot of miles on that truck. He uses that truck. Uh, and it's never skipped a beat, man. It, it's been wildly impressive. Chris Emke, our usual co-host, uh, he's got, I don't even know anymore. 80 and his Cummins yeah. turbo, almost 700 horsepower. All emissions on, never had a problem. I think he replaced one uh, NOX sensor. Yeah, I think it was a recall. Yeah. Hey, we're splitting hairs. Sure. <laughs> and then the Power Stroke stuff. So you have the 450, uh, and then also our, our Dyno Tuner has a 250. Uh, both of them been tuned for over a year. Both of them get beat on and used pretty heavily. Uh, again, never skipped a beat. So we know that there are guys out there who are having emissions equipment failures. I get it. Like they're they're definitely there, and they're a very vocal bunch. Um, but I, I would say there's also just a ton of guys out there who have been having great success. You know, we don't we don't tune these trucks and then park them, right? We we tune these trucks, we get driven. use them every single day, and we we try to push the limits of them to do much worse abuse than what our average customer would. That's our goal. Um, and it, it, it's been impressive. It's definitely been impressive to see. Uh, Nick, before I let you go here for the day, or actually just shut the cameras off so I can make it home being calm, uh, anything else you want to tell the listeners? About the 2020, I think it's, it's worth noting that, uh, you know, the, the truck the truck is really smooth. It's a really nice truck to drive. Some things I don't like about it, the, the hood is getting like, I mean, just visibility is what, what, call it a complaint, whatever, but I mean, like, you know, it's big. It is. Uh, the truck is big, it's tall, you know, it, it's gonna, it's not something you're gonna wanna put your wife in without a little bit of practice or put your, uh, you know, young driver in. Uh, it's, it takes up a lot of space. I really appreciate all the cameras, all, you know, uh, visibility-wise. Those, those, without those things, it would be that much worse to drive. Yes. Um, but, you know, braking, steering, throttle feel, even on the stock truck is really, well dialed in. I mean, the, the engineers are taking cues from the from the tuning market to see what people want. You know what I mean? They're, they they know 
feel and the noise in the transfer case, but uh, with the four-wheel auto, it's a nice feature. Even in the rain, I found myself using it. Really? Looks like we got a wreck here. FedEx band down. We're gonna take it nice and slow. Medium duty wrecker coming in. That's medium duty. I don't want to see what heavy looks like. <laughs> will make the fifth car we have seen in the ditch on this trip. Yep. Cool. Well, okay. There's another one right there. We should probably turn these cameras off and say goodbye to the nice people so we can make it home safe. Alright guys, uh, this is Paul. I'm Nick. Thanks for watching or listening. When we talk, do you feel like I'm always yelling at you? Because I noticed that my volume is two notches lower than yours to get the same level. Yeah, you have uh, 